This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you have seen me with my keen too in lilac. I love it. And I love that it is a tool created for BFRBs by someone who has a BFRB. My Keen 2 brings awareness to my trichotillomania by giving my wrist a gentle hug or vibration when I'm doing the scanning behavior. Bring awareness into your life by visiting barbaralally.com slash habit aware. My name is Star. I am 28 years old and I've had trichotillomania since I was five. It started mainly with the eyelashes and then as I got older, it moved to my scalp. When you were five... Did your parents notice right away? Did you have the name? Absolutely not. My earliest memory of Trick is I was a little kid. I was in the backseat of the car and my family and I were going somewhere. I just, I didn't want to go. And (laughs) by the time we got there, I didn't have any eyelashes. And the next thing I remember is we, we get there and my mom takes me out of the car and I guess notices and takes me into the bathroom and just like, what what did you do? I didn't know that I did it. I had no memory of doing it. I just, I got there and they were gone. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people, when they deal with BFRBs and they don't have one, they don't realize that it is a self-soothing behavior. Mm-hmm. And so you were soothing yourself through that car ride to that place you didn't want to go to in the best way that your body knew how. Obviously, I'm five years old. I didn't know like what a coping skill was, but I guess it was the only one that I had. I guess typically at that age, you're not going to have coping skills. There's nothing to cope with. You're, you don't even know what anything is yet. Like therapy and like the whole, I guess, dealing with the aspect didn't come until later. I didn't know it had a name. Like many people, I thought that I was the only person who did that because who does that, I guess? Um, I didn't know what it was until I got into high school. And I don't think anybody around me did either. It was just something that I kept to myself for a lot of years. When you first started pulling and you pulled out your eyelashes, when they were gone, did you move to another part of your body? Not for a while. It was, it was only ever the top lashes, though. I don't know what it was about the bottom lashes that just didn't do it for me. Um, It was pulling out all the lashes and then I don't know what I did once they were gone because I didn't start pulling from my scalp until I was like 10 or 11. I guess I just waited for any like feeling that anything was growing back at all to be like, oh, okay, (laughs) pluck, pluck. But when they weren't, there, I don't know what else I did because I, I had didn't move on to anything else until later. When you were little, I know for me personally, when I would go to school and I, I would have missing areas, the kids were very quickly to say, where are your blah, 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 you know, eyelashes, eyebrows, whatever I was missing that day. Did you too have people pointed out? Surprisingly not. And when I was getting ready for this episode and even I just think about it sometimes that nobody said anything to me. And I'm thinking like I got picked on sometimes by kids. And if that was the reason they never said it, I just chalked it up to kids being 
mean because I was an easy target. I wasn't going to fight back. I wasn't going to like say anything to you. So if it was that they didn't say anything and if my friends or like a little boyfriend that I had noticed, they never mentioned it up until I was in English class in eighth grade and a friend that I had been friends with for like a few years, I guess really looked at me for the first time and I could notice them staring and they had never said anything to me before, but I was kind of worried. Like I knew what they were looking at and they started to whisper like with other people. They weren't trying to hide it from me. They were just talking about me to me, like with the people that were sitting next to us. And then eventually my teacher was like, okay, like, what are you like, what's going on? Like I'm teaching, like, what are you talking about? And my friend just kind of looks at the teacher and is like, can people be born without eyelashes? And then my teacher's like, everyone has eyelashes. And they were like, star doesn't. And then everybody just stopped talking and looked at me. And me, the super shy, quiet kid is just at my desk, just frozen, scared that people are going to be mean to me. And then thank you to that teacher for being able to like quickly move on and like get people to snap back into what we're doing because everybody just like, okay, teacher's teaching. And then nobody said anything after that. And I'm like, thank you. I don't know if they were just too polite to say anything or they didn't care, but it, it never really was an issue. It just only seemed like my problem because nobody apart from family members had ever said anything to me. So that was eighth grade. And then in ninth grade, there was this girl who, I guess you can call her like a, like a popular girl or like a mean girl or something, just one of them. And one, the way my history class was set up my freshman year was that the desks were grouped into fours. And so there's somebody next to you and then two people across from you. And the girl next to me was this girl. And when we were grouped together, I was like, oh man, like, I hope that this isn't a problem because I was kind of scared of her because I guess she kind of had this reputation of like that she's just mean. But she left me alone until this one day where I could feel her just grilling the side of my head. And I'm like, I know, I know what she's looking at. You've left me alone all year. Like what, what could it possibly be now? And then I put on this like, <laughs> like fake tough act for a minute. And I was like, <laughs> I just like sat up straight and I guess got really frustrated. Cause like I knew what she was looking at and I didn't want her to be mean. So I was like, maybe if I have an attitude first, she'll back off. <laughs> And she didn't. I she was staring at me and I whipped my head around and I'm like, can I help you? <laughs> and then she, she didn't budge, didn't change her tone, didn't back down at all. She's like, why do you look like that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I try to match her tone. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> and she goes, where are your eyelashes? And I don't know why I knew that that's what she was going to say, but hearing her say it really, like, I felt defeated. I'm like, oh, God. And I'm like, why does it bother you? <laughs> and, like, my voice is starting to shake. I'm like, I really don't want to talk about this, especially with you. So I'm like, does, does it bother you that I look this way? And she's like, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, crushed, crushed in this moment, because what do you mean my face bothers you? <laughs> and... It sucks because she was somebody who was like really pretty. And 
unfortunately, especially when you're young, you want the pretty girl to be like, you're also pretty. I don't know. Kid stuff. But I felt so crushed in that moment. And I'm like, does everybody have a problem with my face? And they're just like too polite to say it. I, I felt crushed in that moment. But then after that, she didn't say anything else to me for the rest of the year. She didn't even look at me. I was like, well, thank you for that. But what you said um, is still with me as an adult woman. <laughs> I'm curious that, that you gave her multiple chances to not be a complete bitch. And she yeah, correct still. Behavior. I gave you an out. But I think oh, up to this moment, I was still such a softy. And like my mom had always told me like toughen up like people are gonna be mean and my mom is such a like say it how it is like who cares kind of person and I always wanted to be like that but to my core I'm just like soft I'm a little more I don't want to say hardened but I toughened up a little bit back then absolutely not like you could crush me like with your breath it was bad yeah and I I feel the same way I feel like especially because I had trichotillomania that I was super sensitive, but I already was a sensitive Mm -hmm. person. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I had, my mom was the same way. We practiced like comebacks together. If someone says (laughs) this, you say this and it it would, I would say those things and it wouldn't like hit properly because I would say it with like a shaky voice or like Uh you could tell I was scared. Hey man, you better stop. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah, nobody really said anything or did anything about it, which was really nice that they didn't, if they were bullying me for that, they didn't tell me. So thank you for not telling me, but also leave me alone. (laughs) When did you, you said in high school that you learned the name for trichotillomania? How did you find it? So after so many years of pulling eyelashes and then when I turned around 10 or 11, it moved to my scalp. And by that point, I had gone back and forth a few times between public school and private school. And I moved a lot. And I didn't know it at the time. But I guess that was just me coping with all the changes. And then my parents split when I was young. And then I feel like for a window of time, they tried to make it work. And then they were like, this isn't working. And so that was a different change. And so when I realized that it was moving to my scalp and I wasn't really touching my lashes anymore. I was like, okay, well, why am I doing that now? And so I Google, why am I pulling out my hair? Because why am I pulling out my hair? And then trichotillomania popped up and I was like, there's a name for it. I could have known that there was a name for this when I discovered what the internet was. How did you feel when you, I know you were like, darn, I could have found this out earlier, but no yeah. one- that there was a name. Did you feel relief or did it make you kind of feel worse? I was so relieved that I wasn't the only soul on this planet who did it. I kind of wish that I knew somebody else who did, but it's not, I mean, you're not gonna, I guess, go to the gas station, pump your gas and the person next to you also deals with it. There was only ever one other person that I knew in real life who had it. And it was when I was in high school, you know, when you're on social media and you're like, I'm going to creep on every single person that I know. So I go through people's friends lists. I'm like, oh, this person goes to my school. I come across this one girl and I was like, oh, she doesn't have any eyelashes. And so I go to her profile and I look at all her pictures. I'm like, I have seen this person around school 
and my vision is very bad so i'm like maybe i thought she didn't have eyelashes but she does and i just can't see so she, she wasn't anybody that i really knew but i had seen her around and so i'm on her profile and i'm looking at pictures and i'm like oh she like actually doesn't have eyelashes and like going back years she doesn't have them and me i was super brave as a teenager i just messaged her and i'm like hey do you have trichotillomania no hi how are you like no oh i've seen you around it's just do you have trichotillomania and her response then and i guess kind of now just seemed defensive um which is understandable because if somebody said that to me i'd be like why what do you want but she was like yes why are you asking <laughs> and i said because i do too and i didn't know that i don't know another person who does and she was super nice to me like in the messages but we never spoke at school i think we were both just really shy but i felt such relief knowing that she existed within my peer group and it just it, it felt so good to have another person we weren't friends we never have been we never were but knowing her i felt so good when you were growing up, did you try different ways to cover up your missing areas? When it was my lashes, no. I think I just accepted that that's just what I looked like then as a little, little kid. And then as I got a little older and it moved to my scalp, I didn't know that I had a bald spot. Either I was like subconsciously like messing with my head. Or my mom pointed it out to me like, hey, your hair's really thin here. I went to the bathroom and I went like this in the mirror. I said, oh, how long has that, how long has this bald spot been here? <laughs> and nobody, they just let me walk around like that. Okay. And so I put my hair in a ponytail and I wore my hair up in like an Ariana Grande, like top of your head, slicked back hairspray, every bobby pin in the house kind of ponytail, just lived on top of my head for like two years. And I don't remember if anybody questioned why suddenly my hair was stiff as a board, slicked back, but that's how I covered the scalp spots. They weren't big at that point. As far as my eyelashes go, I just accepted that that's what I looked like at that age. In seventh grade, I didn't have eyeliner because my parents were like, okay, you're still too young for makeup. But I did find, and I do not recommend this to anyone, do not do this. This is not eye safe. I found a black scented marker in one of the drawers of my house. And I was like, everybody I know wears eyeliner. I feel like it would make me feel better if I wore eyeliner. I'm going to take this marker and just put it on my eyes every single day before I went to school. And I think... In 2007, nobody's going to question why your makeup is messed up because everybody kind of looked a little botched in the early 2000s. So that's how I started covering it up in seventh grade. But before that, I did not have a way to cover it. The holiday season is underway. And what better gift to give than the gift of awareness? Whether you are gifting the Keen 2 to yourself or to someone you love, you will be amazed by all the Keen 2 and Habit Aware can do for you. Learn more by visiting barbaralally.com slash Habit Aware. I notice for me, my trick will come in waves. Sometimes I'm missing a ton. Sometimes I'm missing not that many lashes mm -hmm. or areas for my scalp. Do you feel the same way? In middle school, like late 
elementary school through middle school, it was a lot of eyelashes and scalp, mostly eyelashes though. And then one day I realized that I wasn't pulling my eyelashes at all. And they would start to grow back in and I would get so excited when they would grow back in. I'm like, oh, okay. So the follicle isn't like broken. It's not dead. Like there's still a chance there. And then I would move to my scalp and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be bald. So I'm going to come back over here. So I would bounce between the two. When I was in high school, I stopped pulling from my scalp entirely. And I couldn't really even tell you what I did or how that happened. I was just like, oh, I'm cured as far as scalp went. So I'm like, oh, this is this thing that I like conquered. I, I, this is not a problem at all anymore. Strictly eyelashes. But I think by that point, I was like heavy eyeliner. I started doing my makeup and everybody's learning how to do makeup. So nobody really cares that it doesn't look all that great. But my senior year, I was like, ooh, strip lashes. That's fun. Okay. So I started wearing strip lashes every single day my senior year. And I was like, okay, this way I can pull and nobody knows. I don't know whether they're going to question that I didn't have eyelashes last month. And I do now. But I look good. And I'm going to wear these strip lashes for the rest of my life. And so... I was just going to town on my eyelids and just popping on my strip lashes to go to school. And my scalp was never a problem until after I graduated high school. After I discovered strip lashes, I'm like, okay, I can cover this problem. And my scalp isn't a problem anymore. I met this boy and I started dating him. I worked at Hot Topic at the time. And I worked with all these different people, people that I had never met before because this was my first job. Like I didn't go to school with these people. Anyway, this guy walks in and he's friends with my other guy coworkers and we get to know each other and I start dating this person. And at that point, I was still picking my eyelashes, but I, I was wearing the strip lashes so it didn't matter. And he didn't know that I had a problem because he didn't know me before. And anybody who didn't know me before thought that this is just what I look like. Like, there's nothing wrong with me, in quotes. This is just, this is Star. This is, this is Star. And so I start dating this person. And then shortly in the relationship, I realized that I don't actually like him. And I don't want to be with him. But in any little relationship that I had before this, I was always a person who got broken up with. And so I didn't know how to break up with someone. And I thought that I didn't have a good reason to leave and so I'm like well he's a nice guy like we get along I don't have a reason to leave me not being happy isn't a good reason because I'm dumb and a teenager I guess at this time so I stay in this relationship like okay well I'm going to wait until it becomes unbearable and I guess that's when I started taking it out on my scalp again he and I are cool now but back then I just grew really I guess resent full towards him where I'm like I want to be so happy but I don't want to hurt you because you didn't do anything wrong so I just sat with the feeling and then one day I was in my room and I was sitting in my bed thinking about how I really I feel so bad but I don't want to be with this person anymore and I completely zoned out and when I came to most of the entire top of my head was bald and I didn't, 
I had no memory of doing it. In my head, I thought that I was just like scanning for like bumps. I thought I was just scratching my head and sitting there. I did not know that I was pulling my hair out again because it had been years since I had done it. And (laughs) it was like if you take your hand and place it at the top of your head and your fingers are like halfway down the back of your head, like all that hair was gone. And I took a picture and part of me thought it was kind of funny because I had never seen my head like that before, but most of me was terrified because I didn't know that I could do that because it had never been that bad before. Usually it was like a quarter sized spot, like here and there throughout my head, but it had never been that bad. Luckily, I don't know, somewhere in my brain, I left myself enough hair on the sides of my head in the front of my head to be able to go back to that Ariana ponytail (laughs) and just stay in a ponytail for the rest of that relationship. I was with him for two years total. And I think six months in is when the pulling started. But I don't, to my memory, I was never comfortable telling him about it. So he didn't know. And he, he never saw me without makeup on. Like I didn't want him to know that there was a problem because I thought that, okay, I graduated high school. Like anybody that I know now, like this is a new me. I don't have this problem anymore. They don't have to know. And he would always, I think sometimes he would ask me, like, you used to wear your hair down all the time. Because when I met him, my hair was full and long and I would dye it all these different colors. And then I think he noticed that I stopped doing that. The rest of the relationship, I just was covering this giant spot and I stopped pulling after I broke up with him. And I wish that I had just broken up with him when I wanted to, because maybe I could have kept my hair and saved myself from a lot of embarrassment and shame. But I I stuck it out and I guess there was a price to pay. And when you were in that relationship and you were pulling a lot more than you were used to, did the pulling, I know it stopped you from wearing your hair down. Did it also stop you from like participating in certain activities? Well, I'm not a good swimmer and I don't think I was ever taught how to swim. And so as far as like an amusement park or like a water park situation, I never kind of went to those anyway. I will say that driving with the windows down or like the top down was terrifying to me because if one hair is out of place, my cover is blown. But I I was a really boring kid and I kind of still am a boring person. So like fun, like roller coaster stuff, especially back then, I I just wasn't doing that. So I guess it really didn't keep me from anything, but I did feel a lot of shame and I didn't feel pretty, which ultimately like self-esteem, all that um, affected the way my relationships went. So where are you now with your BFRB? So like you said earlier, it comes in waves to where sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's awful. Right now, it's in a point where it's awful, and I wear strip lashes every day. I'm in a relationship now where I can, he sees, I, we live together, he sees me without makeup every single day, but I'm 28 now. I started wearing wigs when I was 24, and he didn't know me when I was 24, and he knows that I wear wigs because if my hair is short yesterday and my hair is long today and it's short tomorrow, like that's obviously not my hair. But he never asks me about it. He's very gentle. I'm sure that by this point, he has put the pieces together. Like the internet exists. More research has been done. There's more out there for it. But 
I think he's waiting for me to bring it up. And it's been a long time since I've talked about it publicly. When I was in high school, I actually, I was so brave as a teenager and I still kind of wish that I was that girl, but I started a YouTube channel and all of my videos were trick related. And I, I posted my whole story involving trick. I posted what products were helping my hair grow, like what makeup I was using, even things that like story times are like fun. Like I was 14. I don't know what I'm talking about, but all of my videos were about trick. And maybe that's why nobody bothered me because any question or anything they, they would want to know, I would post on the internet, but I haven't talked about any of it really to anyone in at least 10 years. There are so many things that I want to do involving BFRBs and trick that I just haven't had the push to talk about it because I haven't talked about it in so long. Hopefully this helps with that. As far as where I am now, I am not in a great place with it, to be honest. Some days I'm like, well, I've lived with it this long. Like it's not going to kill me. I might as well keep doing it. And then some days I'm like, I don't really want to be this way anymore. When I was a kid, I was in therapy for it off and on. But it's been a while since I've I've been in an office for it. <laughs> when you were in therapy for it, did they have any strategies that helped you? Around fifth grade is when my mom realized that maybe she's not going to stop. Like, I've you can only scold a kid for so long and, like, raise your voice and, like, threaten to take things away. And the behavior doesn't change where you're like, okay, maybe I need a little help with this. So when I was... I think 10, I went to my first therapist. I remember her. She was so sweet. Her name was Elizabeth. She had long blonde hair. And I I really enjoyed being there. You know, I don't know how much training or knowledge that doctors or mental health professionals had in 2005. But <laughs> yeah, not great. But she would always tell me to like ball up my fists or sit on my hands. And I never listened to her. And I feel bad because I really liked her. I felt so safe in her office. I looked forward to going to her every week because anything that I was dealing with at home, like it did not exist in this office. So I would be with her and she's like, okay, well, how do you feel right now? And because I was safe with her or I felt safe with her, I was like, I'm fine. And we would color and we would talk. And then I realized that, so my understanding of me being there was my mom said, you pull out your hair. We need you to stop doing that. You're going to this therapist. And so I'm like, okay, this lady is going to help me stop pulling out my hair. And then in those sessions, I realized that my therapist, Elizabeth, was only really talking to me about my parents and how I felt about everything. And after a while of her doing that, in my head, I'm like, I'm here because I pull my hair out, not because my parents are together. And you're too young at that point to be like, those things are connected. We should look into that. But when she would ask me about that, I think I would just kind of shut down. But when I would go home, I would remember that she told me to sit on my hands and to ball up my fists. But I was stubborn even back then. I'm like, I know what makes the bad feeling go away. I know what makes the tension and the anxiety go away. So I'm not going to stop doing that until you give me an alternative that feels the same. 
Also, if I sit on my hands, nothing is stopping me from getting up. Like, I'm not glued to my hands. Like, they're not glued to my rear. I can just stand up and go do it. Very stubborn to this day. But that's <laughs> that's a dif- different issue. So she would tell me to sit on my hands and ball up my fists, but I, I didn't listen. I'm like, this doesn't feel the same. I need the tension to be really like a pressure cooker. When you release the valve and all the steam comes out, that makes the steam come out. Pulling makes the steam come out. Sitting on my hands does not. Unfortunately, I wish it did. Oh, yeah. I remember, (laughs) you know, trying so many different things. And yeah, I would love to pull a baby doll's hair out. But Mm -hmm. like it doesn't it's not the same. And so because it's not the same, I can't go and use that strategy because it's not helping. I feel like. This is maybe related, unrelated, but when I was a kid, I had all these Barbie dolls and <laughs> I would cut their hair, but I wouldn't only cut their hair. I would let's maybe not use this, <laughs> but I would cut their hair and then I would pop their heads off and shove it under the couch. And I don't know if that was related trick or not. You can use this. It's fine. It's up to you. It's your show. But I would cut their heads off of their body and shove it under the couch. And I don't know if that was me like dealing with it in a weird way. But I had I had all their bodies, but all their heads were under the couch. And now as I'm talking to you, maybe that's related. Cause I'm like, you don't get to have hair either. Anyway. Oh wow. Hold on. I think I'm discovering something about myself. <laughs> Well, also the Barbie heads would pop, like they'd make a nice, satisfying sound. Yes. I I remember moving out of that place that we lived and my mom moved the couch and there's just these heads on the ground. Oh my God. I have to talk to her about this after this is done. I'm like, do you remember? Do you remember all the heads under the couch? That's amazing. I forgot all about that. (laughs) That's, you aren't the only one because I was <laughs> popping them things off too so I know that sound I could yes. probably like oh I can't do it right now you get it <laughs> <laughs> have you ever in your life experienced another BFRB I guess I didn't realize that it was one I guess until more recently like I thought everybody just picked at their skin until it bled I thought everybody bit their nails or like bit the skin around your nails. So many people that I knew did it. I was like, this isn't a a BFRB or like a, like a thing. It's like, everybody does that. But I think my trick developed trick and dermatillomania are like sisters in my head because it started with trick and I'm like, okay, well now that the hair is gone, the skin also has to go. I don't know why. I guess since I've always had like bumps or like imperfections in quotes on my scalp that I'm like, okay, well, you have to go too. And so, yeah, the pulling turned into picking really fast, but I didn't know that that was a thing or that also had a name until later. But that one didn't really, like, discovering that it had a name didn't really change anything for me because my real problem 
was pulling and if I didn't pull and I still picked like I could hide that so dermatillomania definitely entered the conversation but she didn't bother me for some reason maybe she was more normalized she never bothered me I mean I still pick and chew and all this stuff to this day and I'm like eh, the guy's over there is doing it who cares <laughs> what would be one thing you would say to someone in the BFRB community who is looking for some advice some extra love in a good place I feel like I could tell you so many things like hey I feel you I know exactly what you're going through it's such a bad feeling but this helps me right now I feel like I would be such a hypocrite to give you advice but things that have worked for me in the past actually now that I think about it a lot of things that help me now like I listen to a lot of ASMR like an obscene amount of ASMR, but like strictly scalp related. If my, if I can feel the tingles in my scalp, somehow that satisfies that urge just as much. And I don't know, I guess, cause I can feel it on my head where I'm like, oh, this feels amazing. I feel like turning on the ASMR, like there's, there's a discipline there. Cause if, like if the urge is super powerful, you're not going to listen to yourself and you're like, turn that YouTube video on. You're not going to be like, turn on that audio. You want the feeling to go away as fast as you can. The other day, I unfortunately, I still have tweezers, even though in the past I'm like, throw that away, like bury them in the ground. You don't need them. But I was holding my tweezers and I only ever pull if my hair is dry. And so I had the tweezers in my hand and I was doing my thing and I was like, stop. And I like yelled at myself and I threw them on the ground and turned on the shower and shoved my head in it. Cause I'm like, you're not going to pull if your hair is wet. And most of the time when I'm pulling, I'm in the bathroom and I'll be in the bathroom for like two hours. You do not need to be in the bathroom for two hours. Get out. So I'll be in the bathroom and I'm like, get your head wet I'm like no and I fight myself on it I'm like no I'm so stubborn and I wish I wasn't this stubborn I have access to water it's right in front of me so sometimes I'll I'll drop them and turn on the sink and just put my hands under there or like I did I'll turn on the shower and just stick my head sometimes I'll have already showered for the day and I'll take a second shower just to make it to where my hair is wet and I'm not going to touch it. I bought, I buy a lot of scalp care products. I love like a minty shampoo. I love things that make my scalp cold. I have a lot of castor oil. Castor oil is such a good friend of mine. We go way back. Any scalp or hair mask that I can just leave in my hair. Excellent. If my hair is at all, if my hair isn't any other state that isn't dry, I won't touch it. So hair masks, wet, oils. I just, if I am disciplined enough to put it on my head, I won't touch it. So I guess my advice would be like buy a hair oil, buy a hair oil, buy like a turby twist, buy, just get your hair out of your face. Like make it to where you can't even see it. Keep yourself busy 
I notice that when I'm traveling or if I have a really busy week, if I'm like constantly doing something, I don't even think about it. I do need more hobbies that involve my hands. Like I would love to start knitting and like working with clay. I just need to keep my hands busy. Just keep your hands busy. Invest in excellent hair products, a turby twist, a scalp massager, a lot of ASMR. It's my best friend. I listen to it every day. I listen to it when I'm cooking just to relax me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Truck Talks. Did you know that I offer a Trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. In it, we do a deep dive into your relationship with Trichotillomania by using my guided journal, My Trickster Diaries, as our workbook. We also complete empowering activities and have a bi-weekly support group so that you can meet others in the community. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at barbaralley.com. Thank you.